As I told you, there is something very, very special in Medjugorje, is that Aldi herself formed a prayer group. And for this, she picked up children. Yelena was 11 when the whole apparition started, and she gathered other children of her age at the request of Our Lady. Another part of the same prayer group is the one with Zvitska, Maria, and Ivan. And for this group, he gave the names. And there were 16 people, young people, young adolescents, picked up by Our Lady by name to form that prayer group. And the, the, the goal of Our Lady was not to create a prayer group that would extend. But with this small amount of people, she wanted to make them sense. She wanted to give them the full school of the way to holiness. She wanted to make of them a group of holy people so that their holiness would be uh, like a, a sun, a light for the whole world. So what we will do now with my, my very limited knowledge, I must say, you know, I've not been part of that prayer group. I've been attending, of course, all the, uh, all the uh, apparition at night that was open to, um, every pilgrims, and I was very happy to do so for 20 years, but I've not been to the private uh, meeting except for one or two with Yelena when she was still living in Medjugorje in the early 90s. So I'm not the best person, but I will do my best to transmit what I have grabbed from all that, those years, you know. So Our Lady gathered these, these kids, and as I told you, they, asked, they were asked to remain for four years under her motherly mantle, so to speak, at her school, and they had to decide whether, whether or not they wanted to, to be part of that. And it was, it was demanding. It was actually very demanding. But she knew what she could expect from them. And this was also an example of a mother who is a good mother. She expects a lot from the, the kids and she's not afraid to demand a lot. There is a way to demand, of course, to request. And she does it with much love, giving much love herself. So um, Yelena uh, reported that um, in June 1981, Our Lady gave, so to speak, the rules for those who were committed to be at that school. And I will read those rules. There are eight. So here is the um, first point of this. Uh, we, can, we can call it a charter, the charter of the prayer group, given by, by Audi herself, dictated to Yelena Vasil. Renounce all passions and all inordinate desires. Aldi is very sober in her vocabulary and inordinate passions and desire include all the perversion we can imagine today in our world. She has not given any specifics about this and that because she knows we, <laughs> we, we are surrounded by that and this is her way to call them in a block, you know, disordinate passions. Passion, as I said in the beginning, that puts you away from 
the creation of God. When he created man and woman, he created in a certain way, with a certain goal, with a certain purpose. And when we go astray, uh, we don't judge these people, of course. We, we don't <laughs> definitely not condemn them. But we cannot call good something that is perverted, which means out of the way. So that's how, renounce all that, she said. Avoid television, particularly evil programs, excessive sports, the unreasonable enjoyment of food and drink, alcohol, tobacco, etc. And uh, it depends on the countries, of course, but the, uh, sometimes the society almost oblige you to have an excessive thing, like excessive food or excessive drink. or ex It's part of the society, excessive sports. So the second point is abandon yourself to God without any restrictions. We will, when in the email that we will send you, you will have the charter. So don't, uh, unless you have a very specific point you want to note down, but just know you'll get it. Get it all, okay? So abandon yourself to God without any restriction. I don't need to tell you how easy we, how, how smart we are to create restrictions. Yes, Lord, I'm giving everything to you, but not this little thing. <laughs> So already here, or you see how she's demanding. There is no restriction. Third, definitely eliminate all anguish. And she said many times, anguish comes from Satan. Whoever abandons himself to God does not have room in his heart for anguish. Difficulty will, difficulties will persist. She's not giving us a new Eden, you know, a good new garden of Eden. Difficulties will persist, but they will serve for spiritual growth and will render glory to God. So there is a way to take them that will glorify the Lord. Fourth, love your enemies. Banish from your heart hatred, bitterness, preconceived judgments. Pray for your enemies and call the divine blessing over them. Five, Fast twice a week on bread and water and join the group at least once a week. Six, devote at least three hours to prayer daily, of which at least is half an hour in the morning and half an hour in the evening. Holy Mass and the prayer of the Rosary are included in this time of prayer. Set aside moments of prayer in the course of the day and each time that circumstances permit it, receive Holy Communion. Pray with great meditation, recollection. Do not look at your watch all the time, but allow yourself to be led by the grace of God. <clears throat> Do not concern yourself too much with the things of this world, but entrust all that in prayer to your Heavenly Father. If one is very preoccupied, he will not be able to pray well because internal serenity is lacking. God will contribute to lead to a successful end the things of here below. If one strives to work for God's thing. Those who attend school or go to work must pray half an hour in the morning and in the evening. 
and if possible, participate in the Eucharist. It is necessary to extend the spirit of prayer to daily work, that is to say, to accompany work with prayer. Seven, be prudent, because the devil tempts all those who have made a resolution to consecrate themselves to God, most particularly those people. He will suggest to them that they are praying too much, they are fasting too much, that they must be like other young people and go in search of pleasures. Have them not listen to him, nor obey him. It is to the voice of the Blessed Mother that they should pay attention. When they will be strengthened in their faith, the devil will no longer be able to seduce them. Now at the end, the eighth point, pray very much for the bishop. She meant the bishop of Mostar. And for those who hold positions in the church, no less than half of their prayers and sacrifices must, must be devoted to this intention. So they all signed up. Not one of them uh, excluded himself from this group. And after four years of being formed, like with me prayer meetings like minimum twice a week and most of the time three times a week, they all attended these prayer meetings. They were formed by a lady. And after four years, they liked it so much and they saw the incredible progress that they had done that they asked her to be on more, and it lasted actually seven solid years. And these people who have been formed by Our Lady, I'm telling you, they are not the visible person in Medjugorje. They are not those who are like giving talks and uh, explaining everything. They are hidden, but the quality, they are really, really supporting the village and all the flow of people going there by their prayer, their silent and humble sacrifice, their very, very faithful life, and I didn't want them to be, to be stars, you know, to be visible, but to be the hidden, faithful, little people who support everything. So I want to tell you a few a little glimpses of what, uh, what happened. Uh, that will give a little touch of Our Lady's uh, love and uh, direction and leadership for these uh, young people through little stories or little examples. You know. And then I will read for you some messages, main messages, and then you'll have a little glimpse of what it is. Uh, I ask you if you wanted to, um, to write a letter to Our Lady. She loves letters. So I want to, to tell you a very, very nice episode. In the prayer group, there was a, a, a brother. And this brother loved Our Lady, but loved dearly Our Lady. And he had the opportunity, because, because he was in Biakovici, very close to the visionaries, he had the opportunity to attend the apparition at Maria's every day. And every day, this boy would write a love letter to Our Lady. And he would place his letter in a hidden little spot that nobody knew his secret. And uh, when Our Lady would appear, she would have this letter. And then he would take it back 
burn it and next day. Okay. And sometimes he had no time, so he would just write, you know, a little piece of paper quickly, mother, I love you so much, and fit his little paper in the hidden place. One day, he was seized by a doubt. He thought, who am I to think that the mother of God is interested in my little leaflets? But who, who do, whom do I think I am? You know, and he stopped. And for one solid week, there was no letter written. After a week, he was seized by another thought. Maybe, because she loves me, I'm important to her, let's resume my little letter. And he wrote a beautiful love letter to a lady again. He put his little letter in his hidden place, and the apparition took place. Now, after the apparition, Maria, who received the apparition of Our Lady, turned back to the little group behind her and said, uh, Jellico, I have something to tell you from Our Lady. And he, oh my gosh, what did I do? <laughs> and, uh, and, he, and she said, well, I don't know exactly what is the matter, but Arlene wanted to make sure that I tell you that she is very happy today. And she thanks you from her heart because for eight days, she missed your letter so bad. So you did well in writing a letter to a lady. Now, if you want to write a letter every day for all this time when she appears every day, at the moment of the apparition we just had, which is here, like 10.40 in Denver, you are welcome. You won't regret it. So this is one aspect of Ardi's motherly love for us expressed in the prayer group. She had also uh, sometimes as a mother, you know, the, 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 the will to kiss, to embrace her children. So I remember the testimony of a priest who was exceptionally invited by the prayer group at night to climb the mountain and participate in the prayer, prayer meeting of this prayer group very, very privately. This priest was from Scotland and he was, um, he was very intellectual. His head was full of knowledge of all kinds, many books in there, you know. Unfortunately, he, um, he was not very warm in his way to preach, so it was a little dry. And he suffered from not being really uh, uh, accepted. I mean, he was accepted, but okay. Now, uh, he was invited, and during the prayer meeting, the visionary uh, Maria was there, and she reported that already left from her spot where she was, went to the little crowd of these young people and embraced this priest. Then went back to her spot and the apparition continued like that. And then she said so to the priest and he, he felt something, he didn't feel the arms because, okay. But he felt that he was specially blessed. But he was so blessed, so blessed that all his knowledge in the, in the head went down to his heart. And he conceived an incredible love for Our Lady. <laughs> and then, for all the years, because he was not very young, for all the years that he had to live, though he was a very, very expert in Marian theology, he said, I, could, I couldn't speak about Our Lady without weeping. So he loved her so much that he became a little child. And he would speak about her in a completely different way, with the heart of a child weeping. That's what she wanted from him, I guess, to touch hearts. 
Our Lady would teach the children of some topic that she never spoke about in the official messages given to the world. There are several things like this about uh, the Pope, about, um, about sin, about different things. I want to mention what she said about abortion, because as you notice that she never spoke about abortion in the monthly messages, even weekly messages. But she did to the, vision, to the prayer groups, the young people, because she wanted to know how to behave facing this terrible, terrible situation of the world today. And she said, when you meet somebody who has had an abortion, love that person, express love to that person. Do not judge and do not condemn. But draw that person to go to confession and to confess that sin. Because abortion is a murder, it's killing a human life, and it's a very serious sin. God forgives all the sins, but for an abortion, he's asking a great sacrifice from the part of the mother and from the part of the father. So bring those people to Jesus in the confessional. And she said, there are many mothers today who kill their children. My children pray that these mothers do not exist anymore. As I tell you, Our Lady never spoke about that in the official messages, because she knows that if we throw the word abortion, all these political things behind will, will make a form and uh, we'll lose track. But she wanted to make sure that these kids know what is the matter. And there would be an instrument of mercy in the hands of God. I told you the story of Our Lady smiling after hearing about eight abortions, how she restored that person fully and took that person as a tool to promote life. The main concern of Our Lady and the main wish of Our Lady is very clear, the union of hearts. That's the, that's the thing for her. She came that we may be united with God. She came that we might be united with one another. And she wanted to make this prayer group a group where everybody would have a divine love for everybody. And for that, she did not preach for the love of God and the love of others. The first work she did is to help each member to be whole inside, which means to be united inside himself or herself. Because we are scattered. We are divided. And how can we love if we are divided inside? How can we pretend I love my husband or my wife or my children if within me I'm scattered, divided, I don't know who I am, and you know. So she took a long time. She worked hard to make them whole, to teach them how to go over their feelings, their emotions, to include their feelings and emotion, but not be led by them. Because feelings and emotion are in the superficial zone of our being. She taught them how to be united around the soul that God gave them. 
the deep soul. So she took time for that. And then she made sure that the group would grow in mutual love. And for that, she gave exercises. I'll give you a few examples. One day she said, go to nature. It was the, the middle of winter. And winter, Medjugorje, I'm telling you, is uh, for those who do not like winter, they, <laughs> you know, there is nothing. It's, it's naked, it's cold, it's moist, it's gray. There is nothing. It's boring, you know. So she said, go to nature, each one of you, and each one of you will look for a beautiful thing outside. And that beautiful thing, please bring it to me tomorrow when I appear. So everybody went out. And sure enough, after a few hours wandering in this kind of nature, naked nature of winter, one brought a very strand-shaped um, stone that he found on the mountain. Another one found a leaf that had a very, very special color. Another one found uh, something else. Another one found a branch that was in incredible shape and, and things on it. And everybody found something beautiful. And everybody was happy the next day to bring all that, that little thing to Our Lady. And when she appeared, she was smiling. She saw all these things at her feet. She was smiling, and she thanked the children and said, you see, when you went to nature, you thought, what shall I find? There is nothing there. But you looked, and you found. Do the same thing, dear children, with one another. Because sometimes you look at a person, and you are bored, and you think, there is nothing there that I can really uh, find beautiful in your brother and sister. But if you look, if you want to find, you will find something beautiful in that person. You see how she taught them? It's beautiful, no? With she also <laughs> confided to them her own life. And uh, she would confide to them when she was very happy of something happening or very hurt. And how many times she, she kind of confided to them how sad she was because of the sin of the world. And she said, help me, my children. I need your prayer. I need your fasting. I need your sacrifices. Help me, because if you knew how the world is sinning, you would not hesitate to help me more. And one day even she said, today, dear children, my heart is deeply hurt. He has been hit by a sword today here in the parish. She didn't mention what it was. But she confided to them she was deeply hurt by something that had happened in the village. And she wanted them kind of to console her and to help her with their prayers and sacrifices. She also confided to them that on August 5th, it was her 2000th anniversary. She was born on 2000, 2000, uh, 2000, uh, sorry, 1984. And on the 5th of August, she turned 2000 years old. So they made a special ceremony. They went to the Mount of Krishvath with a big cake with candles. Not 2,000 candles, though, but I don't know how they managed. 
to offer to a lady without prayer. She asked for three days without working, but pray and uh, prepare for this great event. And what happened, something beautiful. In the prayer group, something happened. So Yelena, who was that kind of the main um, person there, when she prayed during the, the night before, while she was praying the Our Father, her throat got stuck and she knew that uh, Satan wanted to prevent her from praying the Our Father. And the priest who was present noticed that she, just, she had to strive to say the words. And then after the prayer, he asked, what happened to you, Yelena, when you were praying the Our Father? And she said, well, I saw Satan, and he wanted to prevent me from praying. And he was then on the floor, and he was very agitated, crying and making faces. And, and he begged me to ask Our Lady not to bless the world tomorrow. I mean, everybody has his own intentions, but <laughs> that was that of Satan, you know. And I ignored him. Then I could pray the rosary, and right after I saw Our Lady, and she was smiling. And she said to me, he knows why he's asking that from you. Because he knows that tomorrow I receive from the Most High the permission to bless the world with my solemn blessing. And on that day, he will not be able to do anything. He'll be bounded. Now we understand why he was not so pleased because of the blessing the next day. And the next day came, it was Ardi's birthday, 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years old, and not a wrinkle, I'm just so underlining. <laughs> and on that day, I was not in Medjugorje, I came like um, two months before that. And on that day, it was fantastic. Because everyone was drawn to the confessional and, and went to confession. But what a confession. There was this mercy flowing, you know, flowing on the village. And even those people, you know, it was, it was August, so it was in the middle of summer. People going from all countries of the world to the beach in uh, Dubrovnik, Split, and all these beautiful um, coasts on the Adriatic, there were called and drawn to the village of Medjugorje without knowing anything. They came to Medjugorje out of the blue and they, they lined up before the confessional. And they had a beautiful confession. Now there were about, on those days, 70 priests present. And they said, they reported in the evening, late at night, our stalls were wet, soaked with the tears of the people going to confession and being converted. And we two priests, we joined our own tears to the tears of the people going to confession. It was an incredible day of mercy, of conversion. So many hearts turned to God, returned to God after all kinds of lives before. That was a day when Satan was bounded and Mary blessed us with her solemn blessing. So they got all these secrets, you know. When Adi appears to the prayer group on the mountain, she always comes happy and joyful, except on Good Friday, 
when she carries the, uh, the sorrow of the death of Jesus. But there is one exception that was not a Good Friday when she was sorrowful. When in New York, September 11, Ivan was to um, go back home and uh, all the flights were canceled, remember? So he couldn't get back home. He was to get back home on the 12th or 13th, something like that. He, could, he got stuck in Medjugorje. And it's then that Audi appeared to him with a prayer group. And she was so sad that I even asked her mother, why are you so sad? And she answered, if it is because so many of my children have found death in the catastrophe in America. So she really prayed for your country, definitely in a very special way for September 11. She's a good singer. Do you know that Arledine Medjugorje gave um, lessons of music? Now, I must say, and she wanted like this, I guess. God wanted like this. I must say that none of them in the prayer group has a nice voice. <laughs> <laughs> Among the visionary, forget it, forget it. <laughs> we, 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 they have recorded, you know, the first days of the apparition. Some people recorded with this little machine, you know, the song they sing to our, they sing to our lady when they welcome her for the first times, you know. It's a complete cacophony. <laughs> and you know, but from the heart, you know, it's beautiful because the more wrong they sing, the more loud they sing. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely fantastic. So anyway, she taught them how to sing. The point is not to have a very nice voice and then you look at yourself and instead of looking at God. That's the, the trap of it. So they taught them how to sing from the heart. So when they when singing like Ave Maria or they have beautiful song with verses of the Bible and, and praise to Jesus and things, very, very beautiful, inspired, traditional song, Croatian song. The language of Croatian is very, very tender and beautiful. And so uh, she would stop them in the middle of the song. And she would say, no, little children, you don't know how to sing from the heart. And she would sing the same song from the heart. Then the visionaries who could see her would repeat the way she sang. And the prayer group seeing the visionaries would repeat what the visionaries would so sing. And she gave several lessons like this so that they would learn how to sing from the heart. Have you ever seen that elsewhere in the history of the apparitions? We are in Medjugorje. <laughs> Sometimes she would pray in a very weird language. So I'm not, I, I remember Vitska telling me once, you know, sister, sometimes Ali prays in a very weird language that I don't know, I don't understand a word of what she's saying or talking about. Uh, so I said, Vitska, have you asked our lady what, in what language she, she was praying? No, I did not. I said, why? 
Well, when she, there is something important, she tells me, I don't need to ask. So, uh, and then she said very innocently, I guess, as everybody of us, she might pray in her mother tongue. <laughs> so then I went to Maria. I said, Maria, have you have ever under, have you ever heard Our Lady pray in a very weird language? Yes, sometimes. And did you ask what it was? No, 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 I never asked. But I, I think it's in Hebrew, when, when she, the, the, her language. And, uh, and then I said, did you remember something from what you heard in Hebrew? I said, well, one day she was speaking, to, to, praying in Hebrew. And uh, since there was a priest who knew all these Semitic languages present during the apparition, I remember just one little phrase. And I asked him, do you know the meaning of that phrase? And the priest said, yes. And you know what it was? Oh, Jesus, I thank you for having created them. She thanks Jesus for having created each one of us. That's really a mother who sees the beauty of the creation of God and the beauty of each one of us. So sometimes she prays in Hebrew. And what I noticed, she prays in Hebrew each time there is a Jewish person present or a person who knows Hebrew. There was something also beautiful happening that was such a teaching for me. You know, Maria the Visionary has four boys now. But when she got the first boy, Michele, she, since she's married with an Italian, she lives at Monza near Milano. And that boy couldn't be baptized in Italy because Maria was waiting to come back to Medjugorje so that her local family could be present um, to the ceremony of baptism. So they arrived with the baby after a few months after the, the birth. And of course, the, the, the apparition in those days was happening in one room of her house in Medjugorje. And Our Lady loves life, and she loves babies and new lives. She's absolutely enthusiastic. So when she sees a baby present in the room, she's absolutely thrilled. So she was thrilled to see the baby, Michele, the newborn baby. And one day, um, one day he got baptized, of course. And that night, Our Lady appeared. And uh, at the end of the apparition, no, first I have to say that Maria, um, being very, very available for the pilgrims, there was this famous Ka Kathleen, you know, who lived with her for so, so many years. She was in charge of the, of, the, of the child, you know. So she would bring the child every time for the apparition. So that night, the apparition took place. And after the apparition, Maria turned to the little group of people and said, now, what happened during the apparition behind me? Nothing. Yes, something definitely happened. No, Maria, really nothing happened, nothing special as usual. We, we, we were behind and we, we tried to pray. And uh, I know something very special happened. Because when Ardi came, she was as everybody, she was joyful, she was beautiful, she was everything normal. And suddenly, something happened. And she, she was like, you know, illuminated, enlightened with a joy that was absolutely fantastic. So what happened? And then Kathleen said, well, Maria, I must confess, 
I came late today during the apparition. I brought the little boy with me, and, but I came late. Uh. That was it. When she saw this new baptized little boy that she saw before not baptized, she was blown away because she saw Jesus with the mark of being newly a child of God. And that for me was the best of the best teaching about baptism. You understand why? She sees what we don't see, but the mark of the sacrament, you know. And uh, unfortunately, now many people would say, oh, I don't baptize my child because he will have to choose his religion when he's grown up. For God's sake. <laughs> One day we went to the mountain with a prayer group. And I already said this beautiful message, seeing all these people, you know, gathered on the mountain and each person with his own hardships and problems and, uh, and wounds and difficulties. And so she said, dear children, give me all of your problems. Give me all of your concerns. Then your heart will be free for prayer. And then pray for my intentions. And this is how we started the swap. I don't know if you heard about the swap. <coughs> the very precious swap that can change your life. Because if you listen to that message, give me your, 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 your burdens, your problems. So we give her what's too heavy for, for us to carry. And God knows that we have material to give her. Okay? Then our heart is free. Because it's given to her. It's on her side. And then we are free. And then we pray for her intention that because we are free, she can give us her own intentions. And if we do that, it's a swap. Give me your things and take mine. So in, in, you know, in short, you know. Switch. Swap, switch. Uh, call it when you want. <laughs> now, I was so happy climbing down the mountain. I thought, oh, that's great. And I was like looking for the first little problem to arise so that I could retest this new message. And it worked so well. So I recommend if you have a concern, if you have a crushing problem, if your suitcase of problem is impossible to carry anymore, give that to her. I beg you, give that to her, but give it to her. And while she's busy sorting out your things, your heart is free and pray for her intentions. And you'll see what you'll see. I'll let you see. But you won't be disappointed. She keeps always her promises. Um, <coughs> you want to know what she said about, uh, about the Pope? She also entrusted some message for the Pope that were um, for him, I don't know how they, be, they were conveyed to the Pope, but if you're interested, I can read that for you. In my messages, I recommend to everyone, and to the Holy Father in particular, so it was Pope John Paul II, to spread the message which I have received from my son here at Medjugorje. I wish to entrust to the Pope the word with which I came here, mir, which means peace which means shalom, which I must spread, pardon, which he must spread everywhere. 
here is a message which is specially for him, that he brings together the Christian people through his word and his preaching, that he spread particularly, look, particularly among the young people, the message which he has received from the heavenly father in his prayer when God inspires him. That was in, in um, 83, September 83, and what happened in 84, the first Tuesday. Now you make the connections. Good. Uh, how much do I, oh my gosh. Okay, I have to kind of. I, I told you that our Lady's purpose was really to unite hearts. Because I'm telling you, when hearts are united, it is more powerful for the kingdom of God and its fruitfulness than if you do a lot of things for the sake of God without being united. When two people are united with a divine love, divine bondage, the Holy Spirit really burning in their heart, this union of heart is more powerful to defeat Satan than if you have 100 people building schools and churches and cathedrals and because this is the Holy Trinity falling on earth. And she gave them exercises, and I want to share one of them. One day she said, dear children, I invite you to take a piece of paper. And on that paper, you will write the list of all the members of the prayer group. And uh, starting with those you like the most. And then you continue the list, and at the bottom, you put the name of that person you like the least. And so they did. And she said, now, put this paper in a drawer, and I ask you that for one month, you will get close to that person at the bottom of your list. You are so close to that person that you will meet that person often. You'll call that person on the phone. You will make sure you know about the problems or difficulties or hardship. You help that person. You will pray for that person. You will fast for that person. You will beg God for that person. You will give gifts to that person. You will make sure that person gets some help from you. And you will behave as if you love that person. And for one month, you do that. And you go over your antipathy, your, 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 your lack of feeling, your kind of, you know. So they did. Now, one month later, she asked, I ask you to take a piece of paper to write the list of all the members, starting with the one you like the most and finishing with the one you like the least. And guess what? The last one got on the top of the second list because that was going from human feelings to divine love. And the whole school of Our Lady is to teach us how to take our human feelings, whether negative or positive, and change everything into a divine love. I remember this beautiful example of little flower in her convent. Now the sister in her convent, well, God bless them, okay? Mm -hmm. Because to make a sense, sometimes you need 30 uh, hard cookies, okay? <laughs> 
Anyway, there was a sister who was impossible to take. And Little Flower couldn't stand her. She, she was really uh, coming on her nerves and uh, doing horrible little things. And poor Little Flower couldn't stand that sister. But she asked the help of Jesus. And she knew that she had to get over her feelings, her emotions. And she decided to treat that sister as if she loved her. So she multiplies little attention, the little sign of her, smiling to her, being absolutely at her service, and, uh, and, uh, and being very, very charitable to her. And one day, that sister said to her, Sister Therese, I'm wondering why I'm your, your, your favorite sister in the community, why you love me so much. You see? But it means that she had defeated Satan, and she had allowed God to put in her heart divine love instead of being slave of her feelings, human feelings. So if we do that in our families, look what will happen. Look what will happen. And I already said, when you have received from hardship from some people, dear children, do not judge and do not reply by something negative, but dear children, show love and your divine love will defeat uh, Satan and will allow the, the ice that is in the heart of your neighbor to melt. This is part of the many messages she gave. Our Lady gathered those young people in order to have a team by her side formed at her school that she may count on to perform and to bring about her plans. So she would confide to them that, well, today I'd like you to pray for this intention, that intention, because she's constantly working into the world and she needs help. So that was her team of helpers. And this is why she said, this week in a special way, dear children, I ask you to, to fast on bread and water three times instead of two times because this week I'm doing something and I need that from you. So they were like, you know, following her actions and the being like, okay, mother will back you up. What are you doing now? You're doing this, you know, you'll back you up and uh, ask us what, how we can help you. And it's a complete team with our lady. It's fantastic. So about the Bishop of Mostar, she did ask them to pray and fast a lot. So, and she said to them, when you meet the bishop, uh, when, when he comes for the uh, sacrament of uh, confirmation, and uh, when you have your bishop in town, pray for him, pray for him. She said, you know, dear children, when the, the father asks you to do something, and you can't do it because you don't have the strength. You're too tired. You cannot humanly do it. Ask your Father in heaven to recreate you, and he will give you the strength to go ahead. I remember the, the testimony of Kathleen. So she was part of the prayer group, and she was been, she's been asked to pray a lot for a person who was in a big distress line. Uh, you know, almost uh, committing suicide 
very urgent intention. And uh, she knew that she had to pray a lot for that person. But for some reason, she was absolutely exhausted, absolutely exhausted. So one day, she had the permission to go to bed earlier by the priest who was the, the, I mean, her spiritual director in the house where she was in Medjugorje. And to make a long story short, she was so happy because the other part of the group was going to the mountain of Krizhevats, and she was spared to that because she has absolutely, she, was, she had not one ounce, one, one bit of strength left. So she could dream that now she has the permission to go to my bed, and she was so happy. Now, once she, she could hardly climb up the stairs, going to the third floor of the house where her room was. And as she was with much difficulty climbing the stairs, she remembered that Our Lady said, when you have no strength to do something that the Father asks you, ask him to recreate you, and he will give you the strength. And she pushed away that, that, um, she pushed away that thought, that remembrance of the message, and she said to Mary, well, I know you said that, but today I have the permission to go to my bed, so I'll go to bed, and I won't pray. And then, uh, and then she, that phrase came back, and uh, came back and came back, and then there was a fight. She wanted to go to bed, but she knew that the father was asking to pray more for that person. And then finally she gave up, and she said, okay, father, I will pray that you recreate me, but you don't have to, you know, <laughs> because I have the permission to go to my bed. So, Father, you don't have to, so if you want to recreate me, do it. But, okay, and then very seriously, she said, Father, if you wish, please recreate me so that I have the strength to spend the night in prayer for that person. And she said, I climb the stairs like a rabbit, and I spend the whole night in prayer in the chapel. And the next morning, it was as if I had slept my eight hours. So remember that. Maybe one day we'll be in prison in jail for Jesus. Maybe one day, for some reason, we'll be absolutely dead tired. But if the Father asks you something, just remember, Father, please recreate me so that I may do your will. And isn't this what Jesus showed up on the way of the cross? Do you think he had one bit of strength left? Nothing. When he was down, crushed under the cross, he had no strength left. But the Father, each time giving enough strength, supernatural strength, to go ahead and finish his mission on the cross for us. So she made sure that to, in order to unite hearts, she said, I ask you, dear children, within the group of prayer, that each, each week there would um, be two by two in a special way. So this week I will pray in a special way in my home with that member. And next week, which end on Saturday, I will pray with that other member. And next week like this. So everybody was like connected. And there was no isolated little groups, which is the death of a prayer group. So she asked that we will all be open to everyone. And this is why I didn't want a big, large prayer group where the, there is a kind of, um, you know, how do you call it? 
when we don't know each other, when... Uh, Okay, you know what, <laughs> got my point. Yeah. She wants the prayer group to be like the family, the, 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 the second family. By the way, she said, may your first prayer group, dear children, be your own family. And the prayer group is there to extend the grace of a family to other people, to open the gates and get other people in our midst so that we may also extend that special love. And then a prayer group can also multiply in other little prayer groups. Actually, thousands and thousands have been created from Medjugorje, thousands of prayer groups. And I already said, the prayer groups are strong. I can see in them the Holy Spirit at work for the world. And she said that like, like not, well, in somewhere in 2000. And uh, when you reflect on that message, you notice that she never said the parishes are strong. She never said the families are strong. She never said the Vatican is strong. But she did say the prayer groups are strong. And saying that, she indicates on what she counts the most today in the world. Because she said in the prayer groups, those who join are those who want to fulfill the will of God. So just remember that. She said, I wish that in each parish that prayer groups may be formed. And she wishes that in each parish there would be a chapel of perpetual adoration. And this is the role of also of prayer groups to help the parish to have perpetual adoration and to be worshippers of the Blessed Sacrament. As she asked us, I ask you, dear children, invite you to fall in love with the most blessed sacrament on the altar because when you adore my son, you are united with the whole world. Adore my son. So um, I won't come into uh, all these... Uh, structure of a prayer group, but just a few words, that she wants the prayer group to be a place of prayer, but with a great variety, never boring, you know. For example, they would meet three times a, a week, but one, one day of the week would be dedicated to this type of prayer, the second day another type of prayer, third day another type of prayer. So they would include the rosary, they would include the spontaneous prayer, they would include some worship, reading of the Bible, commentaries to together of the Bible, and every single body had to express himself. And if a person in the, in the prayer group would keep silence, you know what she would say? She would say through this interlocution from Yelena or Mariana, she said, next week, that person we speak. So nobody could possibly remain in silence. Everybody has to share, and you had to express in the very beginning of the prayer meeting, you had to express all your hardships and difficulties so that we push them away and we are free to, speak, to, to pray. And some, one day, for example, she stopped the prayer in the middle, the middle of the rosary, she stopped the prayer and said, no, dear children, you don't continue to pray because you have not renounced sin. So first renounce sin and then you'll be able to pray. She was very, very, I mean, very strong very strong. She couldn't stand that any concern, human concern, material concern would come across to make the prayer less divine. 
So when you start your prayer, make sure that you take a time at the beginning to really entrust all your concern, problems, hardships, and bitterness or what you carry that is negative in the hands of God. And you ask your brothers and sisters to help you do so. And then we are all free, all set, and we enter into prayer with the freedom of heart. But as she said, many people, dear children, they finish their prayer without, without having entered even prayer. They have not even entered, they, they finished, but there was no prayer. Because for the whole time, they were busy with their concerns. You see. So that's part of... Uh, okay, and Our Lady asked that they all be consecrated. All be consecrated. Now, be, let me uh, explain. Consecrated in Our Lady's language in Medjugorje, I hope I'm not betraying her, but consecrated means living your baptism and living your royal priesthood of the laity. Because we are all consecrated since we are baptized. But living our baptism is living a consecrated life, which means live for the glory of God, live to perform the, the will of God, and live with God at the first place. And she said, whatever state of life you choose for your life, I ask each one of you, dear children, to be consecrated, which means to put God at the first place. As a matter of fact, all the visionaries are now married and with children. It's not because she's not interested in religious life. Two of them tried, failed, and got married later on. Ivan entered the seminary, and he was told he was not smart enough to remain, so he got married. You know, and she said, better, better a good father. Yeah. Maybe he could have done a good little uh, cure of arts, you know, who is not absolutely not smart. Couldn't never learn uh, Latin. That was, I guess, the case also of Ivan. But anyway, so he got married. Maria tried also a community. That was not the right thing. And then she got married. So they tried. But anyway, they are very consecrated because God is at the first place. And this applies to every one of us. Whatever, we are single, we are married, we are grandmother, we are this and that, we are religious. But God at the first place. We live for him to, to, to please him, try to really please him in everything we do, in everything we... And trying to live under, her bless, um, under his blessing that is to be consecrated and attracting the great blessing of God, not only on ourselves, but the family, the town, the parish, and the world. She also asked us to carry blessed article, blessed little object on us, and to bless our houses. She asked the member of the prayer group to have in their home a, a picture of the sacred heart of Jesus and her immaculate heart in all houses to make sure that this house belongs to Jesus and to Mary and that everybody coming in may know where they go. And she also asked us to bless our house. So if you can get a priest or a deacon to come bless your house at least once a year, that would be very good. If you can't, 
you take blessed water, holy water, and holy salt, and you, you do it yourself. Actually, there is a tradition in Medjugorje and all among these very devoted Croatian people. The mother of the family, every Saturday, takes some blessed salt and go all around the house praying for protection and inside the house so that the house may be blessed. And when I asked Vitska, why do you guys do that? It's a tradition that we're even before he came. And Vitska said to me, but sister, it's because we are Christians. Don't forget that they suffered from four and a half centuries of Islam, and then the communists came. So they had to be strong in their Christianism to, to resist those waves, you know. And this is why they were very, very um, keen to keep all these beautiful gifts from the church and the traditions from the church so that they may survive all this pressure from non-Catholics, you know. And they made it, that they survived. So remember that, because we need protection. And I already warned the children against Satan, who was always, always trying to get into our home, into our families, into our prayer groups. And this is why she was very strong to, to block him. Through humility, you will defeat Satan. When he attacks you, just know that through a humble prayer, you can defeat Satan. Yelena told me that during the prayer meeting, there was never only the same person leading the group. Each week, Ali would point out a new person to lead the prayer so that there is not a big person, very important, and the poor little rest trying to follow, you know. And I want to add something very important, that your prayer group can be really healthy and pleasing to God and bearing fruit for the kingdom. But your prayer group can be threatened by a few viruses that I want to mention. And the first viruses is to seek extraordinary things. Many prayer groups have been destroyed when they tried to include private revelations, somebody coming with her own locutions, own charism, and can impose on the group what she received or he received. In, in Italy, in England, in France, many prayer groups have been destroyed, divided by this. So, Ardi recommends that when we have a prayer group, we follow the church. And if somebody has some kind of revelation or prayer, completely submitted to uh, the church, to a priest or somebody who has the capacity to lead. Um, also, there is another big enemy of the Marian groups and prayer groups. It is my ego. My ego is more dangerous for a prayer group than Satan himself. Because then, you know, I, I'm giving a role in the prayer group. I'm the shepherd. Now, because I'm the shepherd, I decide. And I, I decide this, I decide that. And then, I'm, because I'm the shepherd, I am, like, respected, I'm this and that. Now, if I'm in the center, I mess up all this plan. So the best test, if you have received a role in the church of Christ, the best test to make sure your, your ego doesn't come across 
and block the whole plan of God? You think, okay, I have got the role of playing the guitar or singing or playing the piano during the Mass. If in this parish comes up a person that is smarter than me for music, am I ready to give my role to that person so that the parish may sing better and disappear in an unknown little spot? Am I ready to give up? And if the answer is no, I have been given this role, I'll stay there. Then just know that your ego is too big and it's too much. And I can very well destroy God's plan if my ego comes across. And just remember, we have to be humble. We have servants and already trained the children in a specific way that nobody was more important than the other one. Everybody was important. And the little ones were very important. And if we think that because I have a role, I am somebody, then I destroy God's work in the group. So just remember that. Many groups have been destroyed by the ego of this or that person. If I am at the center, I'm destroying the group. If I am a servant, ready to leave my spot to another one, with a piece of heart, then I'm serving God. I remember once I, I went to Vitska because a lady had told me, sister, go to Vitska and ask her to pray for me because I'm exhausted. And uh, I work so much. I work so much for a lady, you know. She asked me to do this, she asked me to do that. And I'm working so much. Now I'm exhausted, I need prayer. So please ask Vitska. So I went to Vitska and I transmitted this intention to Vitska. And instead of telling me, well, oh yeah, yeah, I will pray for that lady, she got angry. And she said, you know, there are some people, they think they do a lot for a lady, but all they do is to mess up her plans. Because they do a lot, but they don't pray. They're not listening. And they do their things. And they mess up Ali's plan. Tell that person to pray more. So that the, she may, in prayer, be informed by the Holy Spirit what's Ali's plan for her instead of doing her things for her. You see, that's again the ego, you know. So all this, what the, that's only a little part of... Uh, one day she would stop the prayer and she said, you know, when you pray to your children, you are not sincere yet. And she asked that for one month, Believe me, that's an incredible experience they had. For one month, they were allowed to pray only one prayer, and it was the Our Father. They were not allowed to expect, accept Mass, of course. They were not allowed to, de to say any other prayer than the Our Father. And she said, when you pray the Our Father, pray slowly, and if there is something that you cannot say, work on it, and then you'll tell me. So each, each member reported that from the very first word of the Our Father, they were stuck because their father was not maybe loving or what. So the, the only word of father, they couldn't stand it. Some young people hate their father today. It's not a new, not new, you know. Then another person say, uh, forgive those who have uh, hurt you. I can't. That, that person didn't, I can't. So she couldn't be sincere, the forgive as we forgive. 
couldn't say that. She had to work on that until she could pray to our Father with sincerity. And for one month, they worked on it. You see, she, she, she really taught them to pray from the heart in the light of God with sincerity. What is to pray from the heart is to pray with sincerity, with all your goodwill. Not say words that you don't, do, you don't, uh, you don't really uh, believe. We, you don't live, you know, and work on it unless you live them. Oh, I had planned to, I had planned to read. Pray, pray, dear children. Prayer will give you everything. It is with prayer that you can opt, that can obtain everything. Dear children, may all the families consecrate themselves to the Sacred Heart each day. I'm very happy when the entire family meets to pray each morning for half an hour. I give you my heart. Accept it. You must strive to pray, dear children. Prayer is the only road which leads to peace. If you pray and fast, you will obtain everything that you ask for. Pray also in the evening when you have finished your day. Sit down in your room and say to Jesus, thank you. Oh, if you knew, dear children, how the world today is plunged into sin. It seems to you that the world sins no longer because here you live in a peaceful world where there is neither confusion nor perversity. If you knew how lukewarm they are in their faith, how many do not listen to Jesus, or oh, if you knew how much I suffer, you would sin no more. Oh, how I need your prayers. Pray. I am your mother full of goodness, and Jesus is your great friend. Do, you, do, do not fear anything in his presence. Give him your heart. From the bottom of your heart, tell him your sufferings. Thus, you will be invigorated in prayer, free, with a free heart, in a peace without fear. You know, when a friend asks you something, you will give it to him. It is thus with Jesus. When you pray without ceasing and you come in spite of your tiredness, he will give you all that you ask from him. For that, pray. And then she said regarding to um, catastrophic predictions, she said, that comes from false prophets. They say such a day, on such a date, there will be a catastrophe. I've always said that misfortune will come if the world does not convert itself. Call the world to conversion. Everything depends on your conversion. I find myself before so many hearts which do not open themselves to me. Pray so that the world willingly wants to accept my love. 
and she said for Christmas, that was the day after Christmas, she said, you needed to live this Christmas in prayer. You have rejoiced very much this Christmas, but your heart have not attained and lived what you have desired. No one withdrew to his room to thank Jesus. And she said, you are too busy with material preparation of Christmas, all this little preparation, but nobody took one minute to go back in his room and said, thank you, Jesus. My time is gone. <laughs> oh. Oh, just this one, okay. <laughs> I give you advice. I would like you to try to conquer some fault each day. If your fault is to get angry at everything, Try each day to get angry less. If your fault is to be, pardon, is not to be able to study, try to study. If your fault is not to be able to obey, or if you cannot stand those who do not please you, try on a given day to speak with them. If your fault is not to be able to stand an arrogant person, you should try to approach that person. If you desire that person to be humble, be humble yourself. Show that humility is worth more than pride. I'm beautiful because I love. If you want to be beautiful, love. There is no one in the world who does not desire to be beautiful. Do you want to be beautiful? You are much more beautiful today than three days ago, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. When you have prayed, dear children, you are most, mo so much more beautiful. And we have prayed with the heart. We have prayed with all our heart. And uh, I can see that beauty, that light in your eyes. And it's uh, such, such a reward, such a, a joy for, for us. So praise God. Thank you for your attention, for your patience, for your love, for your support, for your prayer. So I thank God for this retreat and uh, how he managed everything so that everybody could get something from it. <laughs>